it's very crucial. Playing and music making. Then I think it gives you another security, but because you believe I have done it by myself, it worked. So I think say to the others, if you're not sure, then, and the musicians smell the fear and they are really? not confidence. They immediately smell it from how you walk on the podium. They know that, ah, I'm confident or confident today. They know it's a magical thing. Today, I'm talking to the young conductor, Dimitri Sporos. So nice meeting you. It's lovely to meet you here on Zoom. It's, um, do I say your name, Dimitris? Yes. Uh, um, you know, everyone asks me about this. It's complicated in Greek because, you know, in Greek we have like in German, nominative, accusative, dative, and the name changes. So don't bother. Dimitris no, is... But a... explain, <laughs> but please explain. How does it, how do you pronounce your word, your, your uh, name? My name is Dimitris, of course. But yeah. when you talk to me, you call me Dimitri without S. When you talk about me with someone, then you have the S. Oh, I see. Okay. Now I will do it the correct way. Dimitri. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you. It was very good. Very good. Very good. Thank you. But um, it's it's wonderful. Where are you based at the moment? I lived the last five years in Oslo, in Norway. Okay. Oh, what a change of climate from Thessalonica to to Norway? It's fine because, uh, to be honest, I'm not so fun of sun and heat. So I think it was... I a see. But I lived in many different places. I moved to Belgium, then I moved to London. Now I'm in Norway, so I'm used to climate changes. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, uh, it's, it's then wonderful that you're there and that you can enjoy because I also think it's just um, when you doing what you love then sort of all these other things there are there are many other things to compensate for just one thing and that's the weather absolutely i, I don't yeah. know especially as a person i don't bother and yeah. it never disturbed me it was not i adapt i'm chameleon so it never was a problem for me oh that's wonderful <laughs> but now let's talk about your your um wonderful career you're a young conductor you're also a clarinetist yeah. Yeah. So tell me, how did you start in music? I started music very young in Greece. It was, you know, my parents decided for me that it was five. It was five, five and a half, I think. When they started, let's get right, introduce him music. So without you know having in mind something professional, because none in my family is musician. Actually, I'm the only one. So my mom was very keen to try with me. And then I started very young. Uh, I think I liked it. That's why I continued. It was not uh, pushed uh, from them, even if I had quite structural and strict parts. So I needed to practice and really be focused. Yeah. But I liked it. It was not torture for me. And, and then what, I started, was the in what was the instrument? I started with a recorder as oh, a okay. children start. Yeah, and yeah. then after a few years, I moved on to clarinet. Mm -hmm. And parallel with that, because I was very um, grateful to be in a very good music school, um, yeah. I mean, academy. So I had very good teachers and international teachers. So I had played also the piano from really young age. And then all my... Theoretical background, it was quite serious from the beginning. 
Can I I just ask what specifically about the clarinet? Was it just because you moved from the recorder to another um, instrument? I think it was not that deliberate choice. It's just that my teacher in the recorder, he was clarinetist. Oh, I see. Okay. It was kind of natural. Let's try the bass. And then I said, okay. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, it came naturally <laughs> without big effort so. yeah. and you played the piano as well so was that yeah. also something that came from you that you wanted to do that I think the, the, that was mostly obligatory because in oh, recent okay. music school I had a lot of Russian professors uh, that in Soviet Union whatever instrument you played you must play the piano so it was yeah. kind of and I have to say that it helped me being a conductor, that's so I get this, oh, you know, yes. this level yeah. of piano playing from young age, uh, and I didn't have to struggle later so much because I just played it, you yeah. know, not professionally as a piano player, but I played well the piano, so because yeah. it was obligatory. And then, uh, uh, luckily, I continue in uh, high school in Greece to a special music high school, and was really, really fortunate for me for the six years of school. Of high school and it was fantastic experience being in an environment not just with children at school but with children who everybody played music yeah parallel with the school and we so had they all, all yeah they all had the same outlook they all had absolutely. the same yeah. absolutely not of course everybody became musician afterwards i have many friends that became doctors engineers but this reference of music and music playing and all of us we were together in an orchestra in the choir and was you know we spoke the same language in a way it was really important for me growing up and gave me a different confidence as as a person i could speak with people around me they could understand me and then after that but i have to be quite honest and this white cliche thing many they say but for me it was like this it's like i decided for conducting even though i was clarinetist and i was doing quite okay uh, i wanted to become conductor and since i remember was 10 i have planned this and i said you know to my parents this i want to do i want to play piano i want to do my clarinet at the high level i want to do my theory in really high level and get my diplomas etc so to be capable later on to continue this path of course it didn't take me serious but uh, <laughs> it was serious inside my head, actually. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I'm looking back. I think I was quite a serious teenager, which is <laughs> I didn't expect. <laughs> so yeah, and then I started clarinet in Thessaloniki, in a university, and I had a wonderful professors. And my last professor, she still a very good friend of mine. He's great clarinetist on great great clarinetist and he lived parallel in belgium and in greece so he introduced me to my conducting professor in belgium and then afterwards that's why i moved to belgium belgium which i'm really happy because the teacher in Antwerp in belgium my professor is extraordinary so uh, his name is ivo venkov bulgarian teacher fantastic and then after that developed also in belgium studied clarinet a lot of things and then i moved to london to study clarinet and to do this fantastic course at the Guildhall School with collaboration with London Symphony Orchestra. So I had the chance to play with them for two years. Wow. With them. So do you so you do this all parallel? You do the clarinet playing and the conducting um at the I, same time? I did, I have to say, okay. because yeah. the most now the last years, 
goes to conducting and try to develop the career, the less time you have for anything else in life. Yeah. Uh, so I still play when I can, I have the chances, but uh, of course you need to spend time for playing. You need to practice in everyday basis and I don't have that so much privilege anymore. But I try to play because I think it's extremely important. And many times when I feel I have some crisis in conducting, I think I found my references, my inspiration playing, going back really? to it. And yeah, because I think in me, I don't know many colleagues, they can think differently. But for me, since the beginning, since I was playing in the orchestra, and especially high level in the London Orchestra, the Guildhall, and seeing huge conductors like Rappel, Gergiev, Nostad in front of me, and we, you know, you understand, like, if you cannot produce music yourself, how you can convince others after what is a conductor. That was always my dilemma, you know, and I wanted always to achieve as high possible personal music making. So afterwards I can be convincing to even better musicians to me in the orchestra. So, and I think that's very important for conductors from my perspective. Yeah, so you, you feel you have to know what it's like to sit on the other side. Absolutely. Well, once I remember when I was younger, when I did a competition in Greece, uh, it was a very, very old uh, Greek conductor very, he was assistant of Karajan before, but uh, Austrian Greek conductor. He died recently, actually, from uh, Altause. He was born uh, there in uh, really, yeah, he was born there, Tripolidis. And then, when I was doing the competition, he came back to me and he told me, You are an orchestra musician. I said, Okay, yes, because you already know what not to do with the musicians. And I, I was very young and I didn't take him serious, but. Afterwards, I started to realize, you know, when you sit there and someone tortures you, perhaps you won't torture <laughs> someone when you sit in the pot. Perhaps. <laughs> That's a common always, but at least you will think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I spoke to a, a, um, a conductor previously, also um, William Walker, and he said also something interesting that you have to understand the the instruments you know that you have to understand also that these people that play the instruments they are the um the masters of the instrument you know they they know the instrument so you have to also take that in consideration uh, yeah william we know each other he's a great guy you do oh uh, okay so um i completely agree you know you cannot, as a conductor, you need to realize, and you get to realize, that you cannot win every battle. Sometimes, mostly, in a way, you need to deliver your ideas, but you need to compromise. And this comes from this, that when especially you work with professional high-level orchestras, of course they know better than you. <laughs> and especially in my, in my age, you know, yeah. that's, you need to face it from the beginning and to, to live with it and to try to do your best. But in that aspect of understanding, of course, I'm a, a musician who plays clarinet, so I understand, let's say, wind instruments a little bit better than a string player, perhaps. Yeah. But it was fantastic because when I, two years ago, I started working, creating my orchestra in Belgium, which started as a group from friends from university. And then we played all together and there were a group of people that I was comfortable with, you know? And then started doing a bit more serious and professional. I had the chance as a wind player to have strings around me and then to ask them, 
things. So I had the chance to learn from them. And many times I say to them, if I say something stupid, please, you need to tell me back. It doesn't work. But always I wanted to experiment with the technique, the bow, the sound. Can we do this? Can we do that? And they were really open always to tell me, no, this cannot work. Oh, this perhaps, yes. So I, from practicing, you know, I learned quite a lot of things for string players because I had this chance. It, it, was, yeah. it was incredible without almost doing nothing. <laughs> And it was a it was a informal um, atmosphere because it was friends of yours, so they yeah. could easily say to you. But I, yeah. I can imagine when you're in the orchestra, you know, an um, orchestra member would not normally have the courage to say, no. "Is there something?" The, the, mostly the problem it is that the conductor has much more courage than the players has, okay. <laughs> usually, usually, because you need to. Uh, Ask because many times, as I said, they know better than you. I cannot yeah. go as a clarinet player, 22 years old conductor in uh, Vienna Philharmonic and start teaching them how to play the violin. This is completely foolish. But yeah. it happens sometimes. And yeah. this is very dangerous. Mm-hmm. But I, I know that young people, as I am also, and I was before, you are passionate. You know, you want to do something, you know, to see, to experiment. And usually conductors don't have this chance to experiment in this, you know, what, what I had, this friendly level, so you can go both ways and try to do the best for the music, you know? And if you are thrown directly after a big competition to a career in a big orchestra and you start you want to experiment through big orchestras, this thing can be really hard way. I can imagine. And I also um, think about this a lot, that you have to, you have to, of course, know the music, the instruments and everything, but you also have to have this uh, ability for leadership and you have to have some sort of uh, a bit uh, the psychological aspect also um, about leadership. Perhaps I should correct you here. I think that also, that's the main part. Oh, really? Okay. Because whatever you have in your mind, whatever you are as a musician, if you don't know how to deliver it and to be convincing and to ask from the people to do what you want, not what the nature nature wants. So many times they need to go against the nature, you know, and when you are 60 years old in the orchestra, this is quite hard. Then comes the psychological parameter, which if you have it, you can much easier convince or you can lose completely the game. So I would really believe that this, as you said before, the psychology and how, you know, it's crucial. It's extremely important. And unfortunately, I don't know if I will reconsider later. I think or you have it or you don't have it. Okay. Mm. I mean, in a way, you know, in life, you know, when you go out with friends and you have a company or if you go in a restaurant, you see... uh, friend table seat 10 people you see someone who is extrovert and is the heart of the table and yeah. you see people who are a little bit more quiet uh, this is very difficult to reverse in life yeah. suddenly you know and unfortunately conductor needs to be the loud person okay is the person who will be the center who will take and also will take the responsibility because in the end you have the responsibility 
So yeah, and for a for a young conductor, it must be quite daunting when you're in a when you get to conduct a orchestra that's a a big, well established orchestra. How did you find that um, to to you know to 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 approach that? Terrifying, really. And who says the opposite? I don't think they are, they are lying. It's terrifying because at that moment, and in our I don't know if it's other businesses as well. Of course, you are an artist as well, and you know it. But we artists constantly, every day, every moment, we are questioned if we are good enough, if we know enough, if we are able enough, capable enough. So going in front of the orchestra, you know from before, from your preparation, that you're going to be judged. The people there are going to see what you can do, if you can do, and throw you out immediately from their minds, include you, try to understand you. So all of these things you need to consider before. Of course, of course, the preparation is crucial. Principle, a conductor should know more about the piece than the musicians, in principle. Mm -hmm. But it's not that easy. It doesn't happen, especially in young age. If you are carrying in 80, perhaps, but not in our age. And I think this everyone needs to understand and to go with it on the other part what i said in the beginning me as dimitris playing clarinet playing chamber music and in groups and being used to address these musical ideas to my colleagues playing with the cello playing with piano i think he gives you another confidence when you're conducting to say something to your colleagues around you if you don't have this experience I find it really difficult and seen many kind of, you know, when we go to master classes and we have friends conducting and discuss about it, people who don't have this playing perhaps through and someone can say, okay, you are an orchestra musician, but Bernstein wasn't. Yeah, but he was a piano player, fantastic one, and I'm sure he played a lot of the piano and chamber music and other things. So it's very crucial playing and music making. Then I think it gives you another security, but because you believe I have done it by myself, it worked. Yeah. So I can say to the others, if you're not sure, then, and the musicians smell the fear and they are really? not confidence. They immediately smell it from how you walk on the podium. They know that, ah, I'm confident or confident that they know it's a magical thing, you know, somehow. And I think the psychology here, what you say, is the psychology of a pack, a wolf pack, you know. Perhaps musicians inside the orchestra, in every orchestra, they hate each other. But when it comes to them as a group against someone outside, this yeah. group works like <laughs> we protect ourselves. And this human instinct, yeah, but it is, it's very important. Yeah. This instinct comes out. And you have this, you know, the wolf pack, which is uh, yeah. fascinating. It's amazing that you compare it like that because, mm -hmm. um, I, yeah, I can imagine because they are all professional and they are all, you know, in their part and, and playing their part and, and also in, uh, in competition with each other. It must be, you know, on, on that level of musicianship. Absolutely. And of course, you need to realize that they're human beings as well as all we are. And then they have their worries, they have their bad days, they have the stress, they have many things in their lives. And sometimes 
things can go against their will. So you need to be also tolerant and to have this in your mind. Because I know, for example, I remember when we were in Gilgon in LSO and we started knowing some musicians and we were together doing some things. I remember very clear that came one um, person, one lady that she was previously violinist and then she made a new PhD in music psychology against stress. And she was, of course, making a lecture on how you can minimize your stress. For example, go for a walk a day, eat bananas, eat a chocolate, help uh, to sleep. And I remember, this was my first week in uh, Guru, and um, member of the first violence from LSO, that he retired now, he was in the end of his career, said, I'm really sorry, but I had to throw my frustration here. Okay, tools, walk, bananas or not. I am 65. The program today has Stravinsky, uh, La Sacre to print up, Barton Concerto for Orchestra, Stravinsky Symphony in C. And we have three hours rehearsal and in the evening concert. And I haven't played the Symphony in C almost for 10 years. How should I cope with this stress? The banana will help? I don't think so. I just know I go and deliver and I'm 65 and my nerves are not the same as they were in 30, you know, and my technique. Yeah. So then you start to realize that it's a really hard life. And orchestra musicians really have many times hard, hard life. Mm -hmm. As a conductor, minimize the torture. Yeah, but it's, it's great that you talk about this because as the public, we don't always realize it. You know, mm -hmm. I always have this... You have this idea, you go to the concert hall, you see this orchestra and they all look so calm and, you know, they play so perfectly. And it, it it's almost as if you think it comes naturally. You, you don't realize all the hours and hours of, of you know, dedication and practice and um, to get this piece. And if you say now that there's this underlying stress sometimes because yeah. you have to be your best in that situation. Always, especially the better orchestra you are in, in, the better you must deliver every single second. You don't have possibility for an error in a really high level orchestra. And this, it's humanly, of course, makes you stress. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And as the conductor is stressed, I think the musicians are even more, you know? <laughs> and, and I know it because I had it by myself, you know? Yeah. And I suspect if the conductor has a, a not a good day and, and is not in a very good mood, it affects the orchestra then. Of course. But this is mutual. Yeah. All the things, if also the concertmeister is not in a good uh, day, you get the vibe on the first stunt of, that they're closing, they're sitting so close to you. You get yeah. the vibe if someone is not in the day or you get. If you are, as I said, if you are a sensitive person, who you should be, you sense immediate or bug someone, you, you need to have your antennas open, mm. you know? And then you need to know how to compromise that today, okay, I won't go more with this person who is back there and not in their best day, because you will have a crush, you, it's, it's human. Well, this makes then very much sense that you say that it's great to have this experience of playing with friends and being, you know, having a, maybe a smaller orchestra and just having that comfortable interaction. So would you say this would be something that you would recommend for a, 
for anybody in who wants to become a conductor or or who's in the process of becoming a conductor that you have to have also that aspect and not just the master classes i think it's obligation mm -hmm. if you really want to achieve something for yourself as well and to be really secure and because to move the hands everyone can move their hands in a way yeah. but to make sure that your personality and your knowledge and this security is deep in you you know it says something inside to you of course it's obligatory and then because i but i understand i see many people around me this conductor world that's the mostly biggest goal is that okay we go we win a big competition and the next day we conduct philharmonia and they don't understand most of them i don't know or they don't want to understand that this is cannot be achieved as a serious process you need to start from somewhere and the way of conducting lower level things, accept to do it, build inside there, build also, you know, it's important also the way you go and you say, good morning, how you ask the rehearsal, please today this, this in a way doesn't come natural from your breath. You need to rehearse it. You need to see, you know, and that's the only way you cannot expect that you go to believe in Lamontier or the other Lamontier and then you will learn the good morning there. Yeah. You will just make people drive people crazy because <laughs> as I said, they have their lives, they have their really stressful, and especially you can say Vienna. Starts up again. They play double services, they play like crazy so much. So they have so much in their hands. So I think it's dangerous or difficult. And for yourself and your your own me mental health, you know, that you start from lower level, that you as bunch of friends, create groups by yourself, be active to invite people to play. And always comes to nowadays more and more the subject of money. But how I would pay this money? I remember my lovely professor in clarinet, he said to me when I moved to Belgium, Dimitri, if you came to Belgium, believing that you make career money, go back. You came here, to go abroad to study because you cannot do without it. Mm. Of course, the way is hard. No one said this easy. Yeah. <laughs> but you need to try the hard way. You need to educate yourself. You need to always learn, learn more and more. Never is enough. For me, the, my biggest fear that makes me not sleep. If someone asks me tomorrow something about music, I cannot reply. Mm. That's my biggest, one of my biggest fears. Really? Yes. Because or one of my students or someone in the rehearsal, if some question, and, but this is what's going to happen. You cannot know everything, but you need to have the will to learn, to learn. Not, it's not, it's never, especially as a conductor, it's never enough. It's never enough. Three lives still wouldn't be enough. Really? Yeah. So, and it's this uh, thing that you, you, you talk about the money now, but uh, it's a, it's quite a, many years that you have to study and, and that you have to sort of make a name for yourself and is it easy for a young conductor nowadays to, is, is, is it easier or do you think it's more difficult nowadays to, to get there and get your name established in the industry? I think it was always difficult. Okay. Always was difficult, but then you need to consider the difficulties of the society in the moment you live. Mozart had 
other difficulties when they lived 300 years ago, and we have different kinds of difficulties. It's easy? Not. It's gonna be? Not. Are you expecting to be easy? Wrong. I mean, and that's, in a way, I found out that when partially we study, the studies are quite idealized. You should practice, you should go, you should do the best. And almost no one tells you how is the real world outside there. And then you face it. And then, of course, many musicians have great problems dealing with that. You will make more, much, a lot of money. No. Perhaps very few people in this industry can make easily or can have some money because they have achieved something very high. But there are very few. And if you cannot live with that, I'm really sorry, it's very difficult. It's like you want to be surgeon and you have blood phobia. Oh, okay. <laughs> I yeah. yeah. You can manage it? I don't know. Yeah. But if you're a musician and are afraid to be poor or you don't want to accept it, then perhaps you have chosen something wrong. It's just everyday struggle. But it's, on the other hand, it's not blood. It's a fascinating way that we artists, we have so, you know, this life is not stable. This life changes. This life which always have new possibilities. You can go to new places. And that's what is easier today. Travel. It was not uh, 50 years ago, you know. So yeah. you have the possibilities to travel easier and to have reach for many things. This is very positive, yes. But if you're not... Have it in your mind that you will have struggle and you must have, because without it, you won't achieve anything. In a way, we the cliche also we artists, we need a little bit to have some struggle to produce something. Yeah. But and I think it's included, it's a part of the game. Yeah. Well, I think this uh this whole path that you go on is also that the learning, it's also where you get your um sort of uh, what's is the word where you get this satisfaction from that you know some people have to have the satisfaction of earning the money and I'm not saying that you you don't need that satisfaction also but I think because you are talking the whole time about the challenges and the and the learning and the constant learning and that is also a way of of uh, fulfillment you know that you <clears throat> sorry that you can get that fulfillment Absolutely. It's already been said from the very famous Greek poet Kavafis in his famous poem Ithaca about Odyssea when he needs 10 years to find his way back home. And he says, Kavafis, that is not the destination, it's the trip. Yeah. This is what gives you everything in life. The destination is the destination. You are right, safe. But the trip is what it gives you the joy the struggles and force you as a human being. So, of course, it needs to be like that. It cannot be differently. It cannot be differently. Yeah. But it's not always easy to accept it. But um, I was also talking to William about the fact that um, the education, and you were saying that you were in a school also, so that this was more of a music school, but that this was, uh, and, and what I find interesting is that you were saying not everybody became musicians and some became doctors and lawyers and, and so on. Do you think there is enough done for children in, in the school system where they get exposure to music or to some form of art? Because we've, we also are talking now about this, the fact that you have this long path that you go on 
that um, it, it, not everybody realizes this, you know, not, not everybody realizes what goes into becoming an orchestra conductor or the, or um, a, a orchestra musician, and that uh, musicians should maybe also consider taking time to really focus on the education of children not to become musicians but to have the exposure to music so that they become the next audiences absolutely i think the start and the end of everything is the education system uh, always as i said <laughs> if we see, see it historically and sometimes it's a little bit nowadays we don't want to face these things classical music now we speak about classical music, not music in general. Classical music, it was always a benefit. It was always a privilege of people who had money. The, the normal people also, you see in Austria, I mean, in two, 300 years ago, not everyone could go to the opera. Yeah. Uh, so it was a privilege from rich people. And it was commissioned from the kings, from the Kaiser, from, from different, you know, music to the big composers. Nowadays, you have a much more open society and not these huge differences, which is fantastic. But today, it's even bigger responsibility in education because today, the, you know, the offer is unlimited. Yeah. You, know? you have everything in front of you. And then it's, in the end, what someone will choose, what they will take their attention, you know? So there comes the education, but and it's a circle. To have nice uh, children generation educated, you need to have educated teacher from before. Yeah. And it's very crucial, as you say, why young audiences don't go to classical music because they lack the education. And when I saw what I saw, you know, this kind of music school that I was, as I said, everyone's playing an instrument, we did all the music plus the school. Yes, I believe all these people there, they could appreciate music. Yeah. So it's absolutely crucial. Is enough in our society? No. And this is a political problem. When whatever uh, problem every country or a society has, the first thing that is about to be cut off or affected is a culture, yeah. which yeah. should be the last. And this, of course, is a cliche from our society, but it's a choice. Mm -hmm. And I think it's not a, it's everyone's choice to change or do like this because I'm not an educator and I have students and I love teaching as well and I find it fantastic that when you teach you learn things about yourself as well so it's a give and take yeah so it's very important what you put in the small children's brain yeah. and you give them their whole you know inspiration for life yes and I don't like as a person the easy solutions and the easy going I'm not a person who gives a lot of uh, bravos and like this and sometimes can be hard for young people but they should also realize that the society what you said is hard young musicians yeah. they need to understand that the what it takes because it's like sport mm -hmm. music is like athletes so you need to dedicate your life to it mm -hmm. and the other thing not of course everybody needs to be a musician coming mm -hmm. out of school but i believe also and this was what my mom always saying and uh, in this aspect, she was very wise. That whatever you do, you must do it well. Until the level you are doing it. But you must do it well. 
why you should compromise in the quality? And this is what I always say to my students and to people who are doing music. So I really, I support this, this kind of logic. Like you need to be well educational. Of course, everyone needs to have access to it. And I hope our societies, they can make it easier to get access to music and to culture and you need to really support it. But it's of course a whole huge discussion about yeah. how but, and what. But it's so interesting aspect to um, a Greek musician who revived the lyra you know, the, the ancient instrument. And they actually went, I mean, they, they've uh, researched the whole history of the lyra and they said that in ancient Greek, um, if you didn't play the lyra, you were seen as uneducated. So children used to go to school, well, education, lyra, playing the lyra was part of the education. And so it's not as if it, it wasn't like that before, you know, it's um, it's society that changed. Yes and no. I, <laughs> it's a very good question, difficult answer. But uh, I think what is the problem is that with the evol uh, uh, evolution of, you know, the people have developed, the arrogance has developed. And... Uh, I mean, if you see what you say, it's so interesting for me because I had it in my mind rolling the last days by somehow this. I mean, if you go and see what Aristoteles, Platon, eh, they said about education. And as you say, in Greece it was obligatory philosophy, mathematics, music, and sport. If you didn't have this combination, it was not considered as good education. So the answer is given there. But nowadays, that the answer was given 3,000 years ago, and we still, you know, all the scientists go back as a reference to, to, to read Aristoteles, to, to read Platon, to read all this, Socrates. No, we believe we have a better way. Mm. Because just we, we have developed. I don't know to, what we have developed. I'm really sorry. Yeah. But in this, I'm not so positive. Because yeah. we, I really believe people, we don't learn easily. We want to always you know personal things go first and you don't learn but is there yeah it is there and no one wants to face it music was a crucial point of the children education in ancient Greece and in Rome and in the ancient times it was yeah and I I so have the wish that this can be um you know that at some point the school system can be like that where where uh, music and art, you know, all forms of art are uh, in the curriculum on the same level as maths and sciences and and languages. I'll, you know, so so that children have the possibility to experience all these disciplines, <clears throat> and like you say, sport as well. But sport is uh, in schools already a big priority. Yes, yes, <clears throat> because. In, in a way, the, the, the human, I think, nature and society is built of contradictions. Mm. We have a huge contradiction, especially to nowadays, is that equality, everyone must be equal, equal. This came all these movements of different peoples the last years, how everybody needs to have the same possibilities, yeah? And the society itself is built and we as a people with a two gears society 
because of course culture won't prioritize because you know it's not the things that they will give you the most productive life or money easy afterwards. It's what maths they will give you, what language they will give you. So of course this they won't make you a modern model of perfection and success in the world we live. And then, okay, we push them out because you don't succeed with them easily to have this glamorous, flashy life. Isn't that discrimination? Yeah. Not to a person, but it's a category, it's to a philosophy. And we keep doing that like nothing happens and everyone accepts that. This I find, and is a contradiction in the society. From once, we need to support the differences and what people who struggle, who are different, the difficult, you know? And then you have let's say, a special needs profession, and you push them completely out. Mm-hmm. So this is quite sad. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's true. But now, Dimitri, what, what are your wishes for the future? One, I always say, and I repeat to everybody, my wishes for the future is, uh, first of all, help. Yeah which is uh, quite important and we forget it. And uh, the wish that I would really like to see come true, but it's very difficult, people to be a bit more thoughtful and uh, remember things that have happened or how it's coming. I think those are really important for me in, in this age. Perhaps in some years I will completely change. No. <laughs> 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 and in your career, what what do you hope to to do next? I wish I knew. Oh, okay. I I, I think the most important for me is uh, continue fighting, mm. continue trying, and try because for me as a person, I have the need to do music. I could do other professions as well. I many times thought about it, but I have the need to do that. It gives me energy, gives to me meaning, it gives to me power. So in a way, you cannot escape it. It's a kind of, <laughs> you know it with yourself, I'm sure. You cannot escape yeah. it. You go, you wake up, you sleep, and you think about it. It's all yeah. your life. Yeah, so I think I should keep uh, fighting and going, and let's mm-hmm. see what the future will bring. Amazing, yeah. But that's true, you know, if if it's... If it's calling you like that, that's what you should do. Yeah, but of course, this doesn't guarantee me anything. But I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't in a way, decide in my life long time. I don't want any guarantees on any kind yeah. of stability. It annoys me. It bothers me. So I think it was, it's my choice. Yeah. Now, Dimitri, just one last question. I ask um, musicians, what do you do after a concert? Do you drink wine or beer or do you go out for a meal or do you just go home? No, I think it varies. Mm. First of all, um, depends the concert and yeah. depends the stress of the level of the concert, how it was, it depends the success of it, if you have a lot of endorphins or less endorphins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I am a really, really, really interesting person in food because I cook myself. Oh, okay. I, I could do it also professionally. But uh, so always after the concert, I crave a good meal. Oh, okay. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. 
So that's important. And of course, with alcohol combined is a good combination. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a specific type of food that you like? Not really a specific food. I, For example, uh, what my girlfriend said, uh, if you ask her, she will, if, if you ask her what is my favorite food, she will uh, reply to you schnitzel. With kartoffel salad. Really? <laughs> but, but, uh, okay, so we can have a good meal together because I love that too. <laughs> I, I, backhand, I love you in this food anyway. I was very fortunate when I was living in Belgium to share the house to a lovely person, a fantastic musician, that she was Viennese, living in Belgium, oh, a very big player. So I was renting a room in her apartment. So she taught me all the Viennese school of uh, yeah but mm -hmm. i mostly like i like very much asian food i mean japanese oh, I korean oh, okay. food and i cook myself but mm -hmm. anyway for me food is not like i go to eat is as a music it's more you know trying oh, okay. things and i want to see mm -hmm. how people deal with it as an art form that's what i'm interested in. yeah but it is an art form i think we we it, misjudge it but it's it's definitely it, yeah you have the biggest act from because anyway we cannot live without it exactly yeah yeah <laughs> but dimitri it was wonderful talking to you and uh well you have to let me know when you're in vienna again then maybe we can grab a coffee absolutely with great and if you are in the way of course uh, yes thank you so much yeah. have a nice day thank you you too bye, bye.